Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching and welcome to the year 2023. Can you believe it? Hi, man. Oh, hi. Oh, it's kind of crazy. Like I think about... I don't know. I remember I was explaining to my students a couple weeks ago Y2K. <laughs> like, my gosh. Because I was a junior in high school and I was like, oh yeah, no, we like sat at my friend's house and there were like 10 of us around his computer and we watched nothing for the world to implode. We watched and nothing happened. And then we waited and nothing happened. And the kids were like, what? And I was like, forget it. Just forget it. Just get out your book. It's fine. Never mind. Like story time is over. Goodbye. And so I I will I will think of that every New Year's. <laughs> I will think of waiting. And, and nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of funny. And also, you know, I, I feel like a bit of a metaphor for many of the things that we look for in life, but not to go down that rabbit hole, to be here with you. Today, we are going to talk about looking ahead for things that will happen and planning them accordingly and being really responsible and feeling really good about past you when you get to the future, right? Yes. And if you're actually kind of thinking like, "Eh, this kind of stresses me out, Marie and I have been now, this will be our third new year episode at this point. So we have an episode about visualizing your year that's a little bit more lighthearted, vision boardy. We also, I'm pretty sure the other one we have is about 
planning your like next most immediate lesson plans for kind of resetting your classroom culture at this middle right. of the year. So if either one of those might serve your needs more so, they're there. We'll link them in the show notes because this time of year, like, I don't know, you can kind of be in a, some very different headspaces depending on sure. what you need. So sure. It took, it took some hard selling for Amanda to get me to sign off on doing this today. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know that Marie's brain is ready for the Marie's tired and speaking in the third person, yeah. but Amanda convinced me, which makes me think that, and like, it was a hard sell. Like, so friends, if you're ready to go on this journey with us, stick around because we're going to backwards plan the rest of the school year. Today. Done. Done. And give you a checklist that you can do all of this on your own in the show notes. Yes. So we're going to just really think through some strategic ways to move forward. And I'm actually now looking forward to it. So let's go ahead and cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, Amanda, why don't you tell our listeners and friends and Brave New Teaching community at large how you got me on board here? What is it that we are going to achieve right here in this moment in the next 15 minutes, maybe so, 20? Well, no, we can do it in 15. We can do it in 15. Okay, because okay. I'm going to walk you through a process, but then you're all going to have to go and actually do the work. So we're not going to do all the work right now. We're just going to no. kind of go through the process. What we're looking for is a way to warm up your brain to be ready to actually do the work, right? You can't just sit down and try to do the work. I mean, sometimes you can. But for like real good planning that doesn't have to be redone in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever, it takes a little warm up. It takes a little getting your head space right. So Amanda has started to get my head space right. So let's let her get all of our head space right. Yeah. So when you're ready, you can actually use this episode when you are ready. And I can kind of walk you through the pieces and you can pause us and then do the thing. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, this is a process that I take so many of my coaching clients through and they're all like, wow, like that wasn't that hard, but I'm really glad you made me do it. So you're going to need a few accessories. So you're going to need one, your planner, whatever planner you're using. Check. Number two, I want you to print out, you can use it on your computer if you want to, but print out if you can your school calendar, right? When all of the activities are, whether you're involved in them or not, I want you to write down and like know when the spring musical is, when the spring dance is, when the last day of school is, when all of those calendar things exist, you're going to need that for this exercise. You're also going to need fun things like you need to go buy a fresh set of pens. Yes. Permission granted, like go treat yourself to some highlighters and pens and coloring things. That's really all you need right now. Um, And your phone probably, because you might want to use your phone for a couple of these tasks. Okay. So you can pause me, go get all your things. Okay. Once you have them, this is step one. On your planner, I want you to write down every single immovable part of the semester. So what are the things coming up 
that will not change. Like the dates will never, ever, ever go away. Like if you're in the Midwest, your last day of school might change. There might be a snow day or there might be whatever. Either way, like let's get down in our planners, in your actual lesson planners, where are all of the things happening? Now, Marie, can you guess why we would start there? Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, yes. So our friends who have done curriculum rehab have already heard us talk a lot about putting into place these things because it creates a structure for you. And if you're at a point where like you've got a lot of flexibility in your curriculum planning and your curricular design, these structural points like Memorial Day, like spring break, like I have a ski week in February. Those can create starting and ending points for units. They can help you shape existing units and fit them into smaller or larger time frames. They will just frame a lot of things and and like rather than feeling like you have to catch up to yourself or slow yourself down, you just put on the parameters from the get-go. It also like psychologically makes you go, oh, it's okay. I can go back in January because I'm going to be off for a three-day weekend. In the, like it psychologically gets you ready to build up your stamina to get going in the winter. It is psychological. I want you to picture yourself on top of your calendar rather than desperately climbing to catch up to it. That's exactly what this process is. It's not rocket science. It's you exercising this kind of godlike control that's not real, right? Like we know everything can blow up and it can be spring of 2020 again, but it gives you, like Marie said, that sense of, I'm not at the mercy of the calendar. I'm not shocked. Like, oh my God, did you realize it's a week before ski week and I haven't done X, Y, and Z. We don't want to be in that panic state. We don't want to be there. It's not good for us. No. And also, well, and then the thing that will inevitably come up beyond breaks and holidays and finals and those sorts of things that are like baked into your, maybe your district's calendar are also things like testing. When is your site doing testing in the spring? When are AP tests? That's something that will rock an entire high school campus, right? Like, because you, we don't have announcements during the weeks of AP testing. So like that changes the way things work. Um, What was the other thing I was just going to say? Testing, Also, Amanda said dances, like, you know, like be able to anticipate the energy or the yes of your students and yourself. Like what are things that are coming the next layer to come to to put into that beyond your school calendar is your life calendar. calendar. Yep. I knew Amanda was going to go there next. Yep. Life calendar to know where you're going to be ish. Like at least to your best ability, anticipate where you're going to be. Looking forward like that to be able to then move backwards because that's what we're doing. We're backwards planning. And this is one of the best exercises you can do in order to prepare yourself. Again, Amanda said it already. It's mostly psychological. Feeling prepared and calm is psychological. And it's doing this work that kind of like, like Marie had this like block when I first talked about like, we need to do this episode. It is, that's a lot of us. It's like, it, it looks like too much, 
But when you kind of lean into what it actually is, yeah. you're going to leave feeling much better. Because someone I know has uh, weddings to plan, <laughs> spring musicals to direct. Um, some of the others of you might be coaching or running testing or have to be out of your classroom for whatever reason. You have maternity leaves. You have right these things. We don't want to be at the mercy of them. We want to be in anticipation of them as much as possible. Yes. And like, I mean full transparency. Like I, I know this process. I know what Amanda's going to say. That's why I'm able to like anticipate what she's saying right now. And I still said, no, <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready for that right now. And she was like, but, but you are. So like, I, even I was like knee jerk. No, I'm not ready for this yet. And then when she, it took a minute and then I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. I was fine. So, okay. So we've got the immovable, the immovable parts, the things that you know, for sure, you know, kind of a good guideline I've learned from one of my business gurus that I follow. She reminds us all the time that your planner is for plans. So only write down in your planner, what you're actually going to commit to everything else, put it on a post-it note on that day so that you can still move it around. But like, you're also like saying it's going to happen. So we'll get more into that later. So if you have some things that you're like, I know it's coming, but I'm not quite sure when, or this week is testing. So I'm pretty sure I'll be in another classroom or kids schedules will be weird, but I don't know what they are yet. Like all that stuff, nothing is too small or too pointless. Like get it all down. Mm -hmm. Step two, once you've done that, to the best of your ability, I want you to count your days. Mm -hmm. Like actually count the number of school days that we're left with, with all of those breaks, changes. What is the number of days that you have available to you in this spring? If you're going semester or quarter, however you want to break down, doesn't matter. But I want you to be working with a concrete, not hypothetical, a real number. Because I think a lot of us work with a feeling. I'm feeling <laughs> out this unit rather than this unit is 16 days. This unit is 24 days. Like I want you to actually have numbers. And so where Amanda works in days, I normally work in ye- uh, years, in, in weeks. Years. I'll work in weeks. And sometimes those weeks are partial weeks. And sometimes those weeks are full five-day weeks. Um, It just depends on where you're at. I like to think in the chunk of weeks. Amanda likes to think in days. It's just like, I say this because one or the other might make more sense to you as you're listening. So here's your permission to do what makes most sense. And so once you have your numbers of days, we're going to move to step three, days or weeks, whatever you're going to do. Step three is going to be scheduling. We're not writing or planning or doing anything. We're just scheduling the ideal placement for the assessments that you're going to give in this stretch of days. So if you know you have, I don't know, 90 days, do you want to have an assessment every 30? Do you already have things that you have to fulfill? If you know you have a final exam, what day are you giving that final exam? Um, I've talked to teachers all over the world and I have some teachers who I have a teacher I'm working with right now. She's in Norway. They have to give like their state exams almost 30 days before the end of the school year. Um, and then what do they do? AP, AP exams are that way too. Yeah, sometimes. that's true. Yeah, that's May, but then kids are going to the end of June. So this is all important to know, right? Because when you have scheduled those exam dates, those assessment dates out for yourself, it's going to give you the chance to now count your unit days, right? Count again to see what the real number of days is that you're working with. So one quick note, and I've talked about this on Instagram a lot, and I've mentioned it on the podcast. When you schedule an assessment day, I want you to take into consideration two things. One, 
the immovable parts, the things that you put on your calendar. Do not schedule for yourself a due date (laughs) that's going to be incredibly inconvenient for you. It's not about the convenience of your students. It's about your ability to turn around a reasonable grading period of time for feedback. So, well, that and don't schedule a test on a pep rally day. A hundred percent. Because you're just setting yourself up for frustration. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, unless like we have our, our math department is like lock in step some of their teams and they've got the kids are trained to expect assessment every single like a Friday what? or what, whatever it is. I can't actually I'm just speaking out of my armpit here, but like. So they could do that if kids have been ready for that all year long. In my classroom, things are kind of irregular in that it just depends on what we're in. So like, be really realistic with yourself in this moment of what Amanda's leading us through. Make sure that you are being like, okay, so am I actually going to be able to do that regularly? Then yeah, sure. On the spring assembly, I will schedule this formative or this summative. But if it's something that's variable, maybe don't. Maybe don't for yourself. Yeah. And recognize you're at the point right now in your planning where you get to make that decision. You're not staring down the week of it all happening, scrambling, thinking, ah, geez, like, why did I do this to myself? Yeah. Why was I thinking? I don't even want to watch them take it right now because I just want to go and like, you know, I mean, do something else that, that will prepare us for this community building thing that we're doing as a school or whatever. Yeah. And that's still going to happen. You're still going to have weeks where you're like, oh, man, I wish this wasn't happening at the same time as this was happening. Sure. But this is our like, kind of first step in trying to sort all that out. So, mm-hmm. you know, think about your personal life. Think about the, you know, I'm going to have this turned in the day before spring break because why? Because you want to grade over spring break? Like, why do you do that to yourself? Like, why doesn't the thing get turned in the Monday after spring break? And it's just, it's fine. Like, you weren't going to grade it over spring break. Like, no. And you shouldn't be grading it over spring break. If there's anything I ever did over a break, it was always reading or planning. Mm -hmm. Like, dreaming, dream planning. But that's stuff that you are allowed to decide on and you should do that right now because that's going to affect too. This is another consideration with your calendar and why I want you to look at the whole scope of things. We don't have a ski week over here in the Midwest. In the Midwest, what happens with our spring calendar, and I don't, I know we've talked about the fall in, in some fall episodes, but in the spring, we have a very bizarre dilemma with the school calendar. We go like January through March with like Martin Luther King day off and like, President's Day. Yeah. And that's it. It's a long stretch with no breaks and it is cold, dark, and sad here. So everyone hates everyone, hates life. And I'll never forget how many years we taught to kill a mockingbird during this stretch. And it's, and it's not no shade to kill a mockingbird at this point. No, no, but it's a heavy tap. I mean, it's like teaching night in it's, that stretch. It's oh, like, yeah, that's, it. that's exactly the point is like, think about like Maria had mentioned this earlier, like the mood of the units you're placing in these different types. Now, I didn't have a lot of choice over that. But even if you kind of just anticipate it, it might be smart to like, 
look in your, how you design your unit, how you're going to break it up or how you're going to like, one thing we did to break it up is I used to try to do a play and then like a research paper at this time. So something that was relatively light and easy in February and January, excuse me, that you kind of pop in and out. We did like a raisin in the sun and then we would pair the play with a much more like intensive writing and research unit. So both of those kinds of units are flexible you're not like trying to keep everybody at a reading pace. That's mm-hmm. when the kids really get angsty and then you get mad because no one's reading and then, then, then everyone gets angry and they're already angry because it's dark and sad. So <laughs> it's just a vortex. It, yes. It's a, well, and it's, it's true. It's, it's a, a moody, it's a moody time of year. So think about how does in your arena, your area of the world, how does that reflect when you look at your calendar, where do you see long stretches without breaks? Where do you see lots of breaks where you need a kind of unit that can be interrupted? Should you be doing right? Like that's another end of the spectrum. So I'm glad you said that because one of the things like, well, I'm not having snow days. I have kids out for sickness, whether it's COVID, whether it's RSV at this moment, whether it's anything. I am so glad that they're not coming to school sick. And it's an added layer of how am I going to prepare for that? How am I going to proactively approach that? It's not going away. This kids being out for whatever reason, the reason does not matter when it comes down to the practicality of they're out and it's still my job to teach them. So how am I going to set myself up for success to be able to keep meeting the needs of the kids that are there and be able to meet as best I can, the needs of the kids that are out spotty, you know, out a day or two out for two weeks out for whatever it is. That's an added layer that I am putting into this backwards plan from June, because I'm out middle of June, June, all the way back to the beginning of January, I am looking for the check marks, almost like the benchmarks of where I can get a kid to or or where maybe I can be like, you know, what, kiddo, we're just gonna let that part go. And you're going to start fresh here. Whatever here is, is a piece of what it's, I'm layering that on top of all of the other things we're talking about, which is slightly overwhelming, but also makes me feel like, okay, I'm not going to get caught during the headlights by that part, at least. Yes. And the idea here is to, is to also like take a deep breath and remember, this is just you and your highlighters and your post-it. And you're just right now you are, it's like a board game right now. It's not yes. real. <laughs> it's, a chess, it's actually a chess match. Theoretical, <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. it's, it's you getting to call the shots. That's what I want to, if I haven't already said it enough, you want to have that feeling of being in control and being, sure. um, you're the conductor of this beautiful orchestra and it doesn't always feel like that when you're in the thick of it, which is definitely why I try to encourage people to do this when you're fresh, when it's the beginning of the semester, when you're not already pissed off, when you're not already, Mm -hmm. I don't know, elated with joy, maybe we want to pull you out here. Those are really like the three big steps. And I would say like the fourth step, which I've already said a little bit would be once you've labeled those assessment days is to actually count your unit days or for Marie's case weeks and know, okay, this unit actually is this long. Mm-hmm. What's realistic? What does it, what could a reading calendar, or you can just leave it. You could be done. You could say, okay, unit three is going to be from here to here. I know my dates. That's what I'm working with. And then my unit four is going to be from here to here. My unit five is going to be from here to here. And that is plenty to know as a backwards plan. And look at what you've done. 
Right. You've set yourself up for coming, either coming back for the break or like I come back for the break from the winter break into a week and then three days and then finals. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I'm going to need to muscle kids through that and then turn right around and start a new term with brand new kids, this at least gets me a few steps ahead where then while kids are studying or while they're taking their actual final or like, you know, writing whatever it is that they're going to be doing, I don't, I'm not starting from scratch. I'm starting with a few steps. Like my foot is in. I'm already in it and I don't have to reorient myself to what's going on. I have a something to start with. <laughs> it's not like, oh no. Well, and, and I think this is kind of like the final thought I want you to walk away with because we've talked about it briefly in our back to school series, those kind of classroom management episodes we've done. And when we talk about back to school, we talk about planning. This translates to a sense of calm in your classroom community. Oh, for sure. I think it is like the, it's a little known secret. So one day when Marie and I write our book about everything there is to know about teaching is that <laughs> the, the more comfortable, I don't want to use the word in control, the more comfortable you are with what's coming next, the more students can sense that. I know when my calendar and my sense of what's coming next was chaos, so was the energy in the room. Like your kids can feel that. I know they can. My energy can suck the air out of a room. I know that about myself. I know that about my home with my own children. I know that about my classroom. And I am very just frank with myself about that. And like sometimes it just happens and sometimes it's avoidable. And in this point in time, it's avoidable. I can I cannot <laughs> take everybody down with me. I can, I can be a little bit more steady. Well, we we hope that this is just something that will help you feel, yeah, steady. Feel steady moving yes. forward. Steady and, on your own two feet is like what realistic. we're going for here. Yeah. yeah realistic. Because I think that's, that's the thing that we keep getting drawn into is we want to do so much. We love our students. We mm -hmm. love what we do. Uh, we want to do all the things. But moving forward with a realistic set of actual numbers, actual dates, Actual things set in reality helps us, I think, alongside a brilliant essential question, um, helps us make, Always. make decisions. But it does. And, and I think that that's where I found my footing to be the most secure, was having yeah. real things to hold on to. No, I agree. I mean, I mean, like today, I already feel better. I had a tight chest when we started, even though I knew it was going to be okay. And that's how I was able to keep going. And now I feel a little bit better. It's going to be okay. And if it helps you, we made a very pretty checklist that you can yes. print out to put in your planner. You can put it on your teacher fridge as a reminder and do this practice every semester. And when you get really good at it, come on over to Curriculum Rehab, or if you want to get better at it, come over to Curriculum Rehab and we'll show you how to do this a year at a time. Yes. It's so. much more in depth. It's much more step-by-step -step, and it's much more full stop. It's much more. But when you're it's ready, doable. it's yes. doable, right? No, it's just, you get more out of it. Yes, absolutely. This yes. is, this is the starter kit. The very, the baby starter kit for backwards planning is to do the logistical strategy things that we went over today. Absolutely. Friends, uh, we forgot to mention also. So in addition to when you go to the show notes and you download our checklist for you, we also want you to join in this month's brave new teaching challenge. This challenge is a way for you to 
connect with your teacher self and also just kind of reset and connect with the Brave New Teaching community. We have already talked about this in in an ad earlier in this episode, absolutely, but we meant to mention it in the actual meat and potatoes of the episode. January, actually, we have January through December all set up, ready for you to download and join this challenge anytime you're listening to the episode. But... Since this is the first episode of 2023 and this challenge is brand new for 2023, we want you to join us for January where we are all talking about adventure and challenging yourself to adventure and exploring what that means for you. We're talking about reading. We're talking about micro habits. We're talking about daily practices and all sorts of different things. So make sure you come back next week. We'll talk more about this challenge and we will be probably elbow deep in it by then. I'm pretty excited because I've got mine all printed and ready to rock and roll. So make sure you head to the show notes for all of the goodies that we have talked about and join us. Yes. I love this grouping. We're doing 60 days and we are going to be doing it all year long. And I love this one specifically. I mean, adventure is kind of my jam. It is. I mean, she is adventurous in many different ways. And, uh, you know, What's up? stay tuned for more on that. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck in your bra- in your backwards planning and your Brave New Teaching Challenge. Send us your progress pics and tag us online uh, at Brave New Teaching on Instagram or just send them Brave New Teaching at gmail.com. Like send us the emails so that we can celebrate you and celebrate you on the podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Brave New Teaching, and we certainly have enjoyed Backwards Planning with you. Make sure that you come back here next week. We have a very exciting interview. I loved talking to Andrea from Educator. Andrea, if you guys have seen her on TikTok or seen her on Instagram, she is hysterical. And believe it or not, we're actually going to have a kind of serious conversation about teaching night, teaching the memoir night. And this interview was just powerful, thoughtful, and Marie and I really were put on the spot. Absolutely. Yes, we are doing a two-part interview unit makeover on a unit using Ellie Wiesel's Holocaust memoir, Night, which many of us have used in the past or currently use in our classrooms. So make sure you're back for that. And if you have not already joined us for Happy Hour, get on the train now. We are talking all about this month's free resource for happy hour members only evidence trackers. It's all over on our dashboard and in our special members only feed of the happy hour podcast. We hope to see you there. Otherwise we'll see you next week with Andrea. Bye. Thanks again for listening to brave new teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the brave new teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.